0: Hey guys. Welcome back. Now you get to hear the rest of the story. We know you've been patiently waiting. Thank you. Now buckle your seatbelt and enjoy. If the shoe doesn't fit, what good is a tailor? In the midst of this crisis, please cancel the gala. Without a symphony, there's no need for a prelude to foreshadow what's
1: to come. See the secret committees commence with their meetings to make red tape in response to simple questions questions threaten the perception of a beneficial system or pyramid scheme with its box and its pistons
2: and i just want to say that like if that is your journey there is no shame mm-hmm. in that my whole frustration with the situation was that that wasn't my journey And I was incorrectly labeled. Mm -hmm. And no matter how many times, like one of the things that my brother points out a lot when I communicate is that I will sometimes say the exact same thought three different ways. And he's like, Caitlin, like I got it the first time. (laughs) And it's like. like, I just want to be clear. Yeah, like I'm tracking with you. Right. But (laughs) But it comes from. My medical background Mm -hmm. where I showed up to an appointment, I explained things, Mm -hmm. and then I was incorrectly labeled. And it's like, okay, this must be a me problem. Like, I'm not saying it Mm -hmm. in a way that you're able to understand it. Right. And so let me try explaining it, like, this way. (laughs) Right. And it just, like, didn't matter that Mm -hmm. they were... They wanted it because nine times out of ten, it pro like that probably would have been the situation for you know, a young adult white female from a middle class family. Like, I get it, Mm -hmm. but if that's not your journey, like, if you are (laughs) the one in Mm ten, or in my case, one in however many billions of people are on the world (laughs) or in the world, because Mm -hmm. we have not found anybody. And like with social media and the way that you have access to stuff right. nowadays, if there was somebody else that experienced anything close to what I did, we would have found them. Right. Mm-hmm. And we didn't. And we never got a diagnosis. Like we went here, there, and everywhere. Wow. Trying to, like I had every type of testing. There were conditions that it was similar to. Mm-hmm. But then I would have one or two things that just made it so it couldn't, be that mm-hmm. and the things that were unique about my situation were the things that god used to allow me to do it for the length of time that he required me to do it which is just crazy to me because we went to the cleveland clinic uh so when this started in may of, of, 2015. Uh, of 2015 like spring of 2015 I was in a great spot physically. Like I was running, like I've always been petite, but like Mm -hmm. I was very strong. Running, lifting felt great. Mm -hmm. Um, My like back squat PR was incredible. You know, Mm -hmm. like I was just,
1: wow. I I
2: just felt really good. What was your
1: back squat PR?
2: I'm pretty sure that it was like 180 for for 12 (laughs) reps. And they were like deep, like it was. That's really good. Yeah, it was. It was really good, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and then this started happening. And I obviously didn't have the energy to, like, work... Because my body's not getting fuel. Right. And, like, I knew... Like, mm-hmm. wanted to be able to do the activities that I love to do. And mm-hmm. I found it very frustrating that, like, this is not happening. And um, I was at, like I said... I never weighed myself like it was irrelevant Mm -hmm. but I felt really good and then obviously once my body stopped digesting food I gradually lost weight but it wasn't like oh you drop 30 pounds in two weeks right like we started seeing doctors immediately but I continued to eat and so it was just like I had to modify my entire life around eating because like once i started eating my day was over because i needed like i wasn't gonna take a bowl with me to throw up in Mm. so i had to plan my eating schedule around my plans and by the grace of god i was able to like finish out that fall semester of college classes but then i wasn't able to go
1: were you able to drink um
2: initially i was able to keep down some like plain like water mm-hmm. initially and then i stopped being able to keep down water wow. unless it was on a completely empty stomach so like once i started eating even water wasn't staying down and people like we'd go to these doctor's appointments and they'd be like have you tried Ensure and it's like oh, no i'm just what? starving Like, it never (laughs) occurred to me to try, like, a nutrition. Yeah, like, a nutrition. Like, please, five years into this, offer me that (laughs) suggestion because it just, like, has never occurred to me to do that. And so, I've been it,
1: down every aisle of the grocery store, I've tried every can, yeah. Like, don't <laughs> nothing stays, down.
2: yeah. Like, don't you think <laughs> that by now, if there was like something, one as, thing uh, th- like that's so revolutionary <laughs> to try <laughs> and chore? Oh, uh, uh, so, I mean, like, you do try to give grace, though, because what I realized through this journey was that. I was probably unintentionally that person to somebody else, like mm-hmm. in an effort to want to help somebody, mm-hmm. because so many things, like you just don't know until you've lived them. Mm-hmm. And so some of the things that people would say to me or whatever in trying to be helpful
3: mm-hmm.
2: weren't. And in giving <laughs> grace, being like, yeah, I probably was trying to be encouraging to somebody else going through a hard time mm. and completely said the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah, you but, don't
3: know what to say half the time. Yeah, yeah. but like
2: saying, hey, at least they're like showing up and trying to say something.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, offering suggestions like drinking in church should just not be a suggestion to like <laughs> anyone for anything. Ah, <laughs> just so true. like it's just not <laughs> right not helpful and also just when it comes to health stuff everybody's body responds so differently and Mm -hmm. i kind of feel like a diagnosis and a label is just really pointless Mm
3: -hmm. because
2: it creates this expectation and you feel like you're in control of something when you're really not, like, God is in control mm-hmm. completely, like, if you have a known diagnosis or you don't, because you have two people that could have the exact same label. Right. And, respo- like, they still need two completely different treatments or yep. on completely different timelines, that the label puts our trust in a place it's what
0: we humans do to make us feel like we're in control you're so right yeah,
2: yeah. and so nice. it was very, very like helpful for me to not have one mm-hmm. in a sense because it's like we have no idea what's going to happen mm-hmm. and we can just make peace with that mm-hmm. so i like i said gradually lost weight and then by the following spring so like april of 2016 the Cleveland Clinic was like, yeah, we just need to hospitalize you and put a feeding tube in because, like, we can't figure out what's wrong. But if you come in patient, we'll do more testing and we'll get an answer that way. And I just remember feeling so defeated because I had been putting at least 10 hours in every single day of eating and regurgitating oh, wow. food just like just it was survive yeah it was my full-time job at that time i was eating like over four that consuming over four thousand calories a day but because of the amount that was coming back up like it didn't matter and you know like oh, if the average person needs like two thousand or less a day if any small portion was mm-hmm. being digested i never would have been able to lose weight consuming like that amount of excess um so i let them hospitalize me they put a feeding tube in my nose and it went to my intestine Mm -hmm. and bypassed my stomach because like again even though we didn't have a diagnosis it just wouldn't have made any sense to like put it in my stomach because the result probably would have been the Uh same Mm -hmm. right Um, One thing that I learned is that when you have a tube coming out of your nose, if you go into the bathroom and are somebody that likes to flush the toilet with your foot for, like, germ things, be really, really careful. Because mine was tied up on the bridge of my nose so that way it wouldn't just come out. And I moved my foot to, like, flush the toilet and brought it down on the tube and it, like, yanked it down oh and it was so so painful oh (sighs) there were just like so many things that's a hot
0: tip for somebody out there
2: yeah like because you have to take like this whole like pole with you and just like you're hooked up to all these wires Mm -hmm. to just kind of know placement of things and you know, if you're
0: That's a hot tip. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hot tip. For and somebody. like pick
2: your battles. Yeah. You know, just flush the toilet with your hand. <laughs> right. <laughs> like Take your chances. If you're already in the hospital, or you're have in
3: a release th- valve in your nose. <laughs> yeah. So it can just fall
2: out. You're in the right place if you encounter the germs That's of so the okay. toilet handle. Like <laughs> they've got an antibiotic for That's that. Right. It is <laughs> it is okay. Just just do it um also what i prioritized packing for my stay at the hospital was under armor sweatpants mm-hmm. my mom like let me get these expensive like 70 under armor sweatpants mm-hmm. and making sure that my eyebrows looked great i'm very mm-hmm. into eyebrow threading yeah i just want to give a shout out to <laughs> the eyebrow th- threading place in coyoga falls in the Graham road Uh, hudson drive plaza by the walmart i think
0: i've heard about them
2: they i think their name is like threading r us or or something Uh. like that i should get the name of this (laughs) right but they are so wonderful and do such a great job they didn't exist uh back in 2016 Mm -hmm. but they are wonderful and you should definitely give them Your business
3: <laughs> I have to say I don't know what Eyebrow threading is It sounds like you're Adding eyebrows um, You're
2: taking them out
3: At the root re-
2: Yeah And it's like Floss Instead oh, of I've waxing Oh i And it
3: pinches them And pulls them Yeah
2: Yeah And it, it takes
0: a little bit Of getting used to it first
2: I'm right
3: It is I'm so glad I'm Eyebrow done. threading All <laughs> right Yeah. so easy yeah.
2: No And they looked great But I just realized That I prioritized The wrong Things because I just wanted to look like I didn't need to be there. And my mm-hmm. way of doing that was the great eyebrows and the fashionable sweatpants. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't anticipate was that when you have a a green tube coming out of your nose, any illusion of being normal and like <laughs> you didn't need to be there goes out the window. But my friends, when I sent them the selfie of the photo of me with the nose tube, mm-hmm. they did compliment my eyebrows they're oh, like yes. your eyebrows are on point <laughs> on
3: fleek huh? yeah
2: I think that that was something that was the like the exact yeah. yeah and so that was great. <laughs> great but I just found it so like the hospital was healing for me in the fact that I was able to just embrace that my life was a dumpster fire mm-hmm. like nobody was in the hospital because their life was going well mm-hmm. and it was I shared jesus more in the hospital Mm -hmm. than i like at that point than i ever had Mm -hmm. in in my journey and i i should probably include this uh like i said i was raised catholic and i believed in god but i didn't get the whole like relationship thing it was Mm -hmm. like I had my plans, and then I would pray that God would get on board with my plans, and I just kind of thought that that was how it worked, and I tried to, like, follow the rules and be a good person. Um, My favorite pastor, not that we should play favors but the one that has impacted my testimony the most and who God had used from the outset has this sermon um, about the two gates and he uses the analogy of a backpack and how a lot of us think that we show up to heaven with our backpack and we are standing in line and telling God like, oh, I did this and I did this and I did this. And he checks our backpack and then decides whether we get in or not. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, like the way is narrow that leads to life. Like it is just you.
0: Hmm. not
2: you and your backpack that like jesus died for you lived the life that you couldn't live no backpack
0: Hmm.
2: it like it's not about the backpack because the thing with the backpack is we all have different definitions of what being a good person is Mm -hmm. and so we could show up with our backpack of good deeds Mm -hmm. and like how are you deciding it like that's subjective
0: Right.
2: And so it it can't be about the backpack.
0: I love that.
2: Yeah. And so that was just really when that like started clicking Mm -hmm. for me and just understanding that it's grace Mm -hmm. and not about works and being able to share, it just like blew my mind. Because the way that the Bible is typically taught in the Catholic school it's a little bit more work based yes. and it's like i went to catholic school from k through eighth grade mm-hmm. and i didn't know anything about anything in the bible right. so when i stumbled upon um through the blog um, of my friend now friend ally who i went to high school with mm-hmm. uh, i was on a rabbit trail when i was sick and was on facebook you know one of those journeys where you don't even know how you ended up on this person's (laughs) facebook page yeah that was my journey with hers and she Um. had referenced esther and the shadow mission and some message that her pastor had given and i was like oh i like that concept and so i thought that she was referring to his blog because he had a blog And it was an old Tumblr, and there was not an efficient way to like sync up the dates. And I spent all this time like (laughs) going back, and I get to the synced up date, and there was no blog post about a shadow mission. And I was like, "What do I do? Like, I need to know about this." And it led me to the church app, and I found the sermon. And so that was how God like moved in my life was. I started listening to sermons before bed every night because the doctors Mm -hmm. were telling me like if we don't figure this out you're at risk for cardiac arrest because your Mm -hmm. body's not getting any nutrition Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and so so
3: so they even with the feeding tube they couldn't get new nutrients to stay in your body
2: so it my body hated the feeding tube Mm -hmm. and for some people it is like really life-giving so my platform is definitely not anti-feeding tube Mm -hmm. but it did not work for me and so i gave it a good they ended up trialing it in the hospital and then putting i had it in my nose in the hospital but they ended up doing a surgery and putting it just in my intestine Mm. so i could go home but because my intestines like weren't working they had me on a laxative and when it's in your intestine you have to be hooked up 24-7 because your body doesn't have reserves in your intestine like it does in your stomach to, like, oh. delay the emptying.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I was on a laxative and then constantly had stuff going in. And so, like, you can't, like, you know, mm. it just was It was wasn't, a full-time job. It was a full-time job. And I was never nauseous until I got the feeding tube. <laughs> mm. And the only thing that took away the nausea was eating. Oh. And so, but food still wasn't right. staying down. So oh then God. I was doing both. So I was continuing to eat just because I was so hungry, because I had an appetite this whole time.
0: That is so wild.
2: And because it it was in my intestine, right. I don't think my body ever got the sig- signal that mm-hmm. like we were trying to like help it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like I don't know, it just had no interest in it. So for a while. Or a couple months. I did both. And today is actually the five year anniversary of when I pulled out the feeding tube. Wow. Really?
3: Yeah. Today, today.
2: Today, today. Well, how about that?
3: Oh, yeah. my God. So
2: I uh, was just fed up. Like, I had no. Fed up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. I had no quality of life mm-hmm. uh, or very limited. Not a life that I wanted yeah. to mm-hmm. participate in, that mm-hmm. most people wouldn't want. And yeah, right.
1: yeah. And what, what, where would you say your walk with the Lord is at that point?
2: Um, my walk with Jesus was never stronger. Like, I told God, I was like, I am willing to eat and regurgitate food as long as you are willing to keep me here. But when that's not enough, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But like, I can't do this anymore. And I realized that because i did struggle with like how could some people get feeding tubes and feel like oh my gosh like this is so great or Mm -hmm. at least be at peace with Mm -hmm. it and because there are people who have different medical journeys that are like chronic or whatever right and they god has allowed them to find peace in that not that there isn't still like struggle with it Mm -hmm. because there absolutely is but there was a peace Mm -hmm. i did not have any piece and so it just felt like that wasn't what he was asking of me and so I was like this is what I'm gonna do (laughs) and I pulled it and Mm -hmm. it was fine Uh, and I like everybody else and when I tell this story people are like yeah I don't know if I could have done that like that what what was going through your mind Mm -hmm. with that and I was like I've feel like you probably would make the same decision Mm -hmm. that i did and they're like no i definitely would have done just what the doctors told me like if they would have said that they wanted a surgery or that i needed the feeding tube like even if this wasn't working for me i just would have trusted the doctors Mm -hmm. and i was like yeah i was just trusting god with this one Mm -hmm. that if god's will for my life was i mean he if his plan was for every single person here to live to be a hundred then there'd be no illness or death or suffering or accidents or the thing. But, like, this is not our home. Right. And so I would rather have a life of quality over quantity. And, like, I was sad, obviously, because I didn't get to do everything on on my bucket list or Mm -hmm. whatever. But I felt like it was such a gift because part of what I had struggled with growing up was not feeling and I had great parents and a brother so this is about me and like Mm -hmm. not about them not loving me it was Mm -hmm. just how I felt about myself Mm -hmm. is that I didn't feel like I was loved or mattered or that people would miss me if I was gone or Mm -hmm. that type of thing and it was such a gift from God that if my life had ended back then I got to die knowing that I was loved like there's one Mm -hmm. um afternoon that I always picture where I had seven or eight friends from different stages of my life that were all in my living room at -hmm. the same time and it just like happened that way that day because people had been like visiting that summer like a lot obviously Mm -hmm. given the situation but just to like look around and be like all those people are just here because they love me and like Mm want to support me and there was a time in my life where i didn't have that or i or maybe or i did have it and didn't didn't see it, didn't see it. and yeah. it was such such a gift and so i was at peace with whatever mm-hmm. god did in that and then um the doctors had said after i pulled the feeding tube that i'd maybe have like a week and wow. i was I, and so that was kind of so like so you
3: were preparing to die yeah
2: and yeah. It was, but I didn't feel like I was going to die. Like I didn't have a drink, you know, like right. there was no feeling, but it just kind of felt like, okay, how long can the body go without food? You know, like we're already a year in,
1: mm.
2: into this and like, yes, I'm continuing to eat, but it doesn't necessarily feel like it's doing mm. anything. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of felt like, okay, well, we'll see. And then days just kept like going by and going pot, and we're just kind of like, what is going on here? <laughs> like it's no November, and my parents are spending like over a hundred dollars a day on food just for me. What? Yeah, what? like our whole lives revolve around this. What? What were you eating primarily? I'm yeah, curious. I I want to know too. That's
3: what
1: I want to ask. Like very
3: like, nutrient rich things. Like oh no, is,
1: like, no McDonald's.
2: Look, that's, uh, not not McDonald's, but like there was not. Not much that Just I anything, did, huh? yeah, because you had to get like I was consuming at this point over sixty thousand calories a, a day? day, a day. How many? Sixty. 000. Sixty thousand. Yeah. If we hadn't
3: asked you, were you gonna say that at some point? Because that's crazy. That's like uh, more than
0: Michael Phelps when he's yeah, training. he yeah, does he has like, like twenty. 10,
1: was it twenty? Twelve to twenty or something. Yeah. How do you consume that much food Ooh. in a day?
2: I mean, it was my full time job. Like that was all very
0: high caloric things?
2: Oh yeah. Like one thing that I would eat during the day Uh was an entire sheet cake. No. And that was just one of the things that I would eat. Or so like the volume of food it it's Yeah. It's
3: three thousand dollars a month. So were you enjoying the flavors?
2: No, I mean, none of it. No, I mean, like, it was fine. Because you weren't ever full, right? uh, So you could keep eating. Right. Right. But it's like also having to like it like it wasn't enjoyable. Okay, And, you know, people would joke and be like, oh, it sounds like the dream to get to eat. That's a
3: super naive question. I'm sorry. No, (laughs) no,
2: it's okay Because like people do say stuff like that. And it's fine, you know, because people can't relate to it right. at all right. like it is such a unique situation mm-hmm. and you just cannot make this stuff up right. you know when they talk about um, the resurrection and that type of stuff and the way that that whole story played out that like Jesus first appeared to women mm-hmm. and stuff like that in that culture that is just not that's something not that's not how you happen. would write it yeah, 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 it's like I could not make this up because of how weird it is.
3: And, and let's think talk about an eating disorder. No child is going to eat 60,000 calories no. just to throw it up. Right. Well, and that's <laughs> I mean, the right.
2: thing too is people that have bulimia or whatever mm-hmm. don't typically lose weight. Because it's partially digested food right, by the right. time they're bringing it back. Yeah. So it's just like a completely different mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. And nobody would want to be thin so badly that they would have lived the way that I was living. And eating disorders are rarely ever about the food. It's about control and, like, the mental health aspect and all of those things. Like, that just was not my thing. But because of the journey that I've been on, I can relate Mm -hmm. to that group of people. And I'm thankful that God has been able to use that to just help that group of people feel seen, that was not my journey. Mm -hmm. And it bothers me to be labeled that way because I had felt like, hey, if they're labeling me wrong, then I'm not going to get the help that I need. Yeah, you're
3: misdiagnosed.
2: But it was God who knew what was wrong, and it was God that, spoiler alert, ultimately (laughs) healed me. uh, And it was as spontaneous as the onset had been. Like, literally one day and so i know it was completely out of my control because if i could have controlled it we never would have ended up there in the first place and i don't wanna i mean there was a lot of stuff that went on we'd be here you know this would be one entire season to (laughs) tell you the whole story and i can't like gloss over the fact that he healed me Mm -hmm. but the work that god did in the suffering was the most impactful and like for me to grow. The way, like he cared way more about my character than my comfort. Mm-hmm. And when I was in my bathroom prison for the total of five, can you say you, that again?
1: Uh, he cared mind. about my, well,
2: my character more than my comfort. I borrowed that from Rick Warren, <laughs> but um, uh, that's a powerful statement, uh, and it is so true. Like, I total spent five years dealing with this whole regurgitation thing but had been mislabeled with different stuff since age 12 so it's been you know like Mm -hmm. the journey and God is using all of it right now but especially that five-year period the refining work that he did and I'm just thankful that he moved in my life in such a way early on in the journey because like I said I got Second spring of 2015, I found the sermons in January of 2016, and I was immersed in it from that point forward. And just the sermons that I listened to and the way that he spoke through this particular pastor like, God chooses, God uses, God never loses Mm -hmm. like, just some of the takeaways from that. And one of my favorite sermons that I just re-listened to was about Job and the Whirlwind. Mm -hmm. And one of the quotes from that sermon was that when you're in deep pain and suffering, that is the only opportunity that you will ever have to love God just for who he is and not what he's given you. And God has given me some, like, even sick. He had blessed me with everything that I, like, two loving parents a house you know you talked about at the beginning of the sermon what the people in Afghanistan are are going through right Mm -hmm. now and it's like we just don't recognize sometimes how blessed we are by stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that in some ways it's a gift to be able to be protected from some of the suffering Mm mm-hmm um, that goes on in the world be, because it's overwhelming and like mm-hmm. we can't control and impact right. all of it but at the same time to have a perspective of like what he, he's given you mm-hmm. and for me like the things that I thought mattered like how fast I could run or my grades or what clothes I wore mm-hmm. or whatever it's just like that's not what matters and if I would have gone to the first doctor's appointment and they had been able to fix me and diagnose mm-hmm. me and I got better, my earthly life would be different. Mm-hmm. But my eternal life would be, too, and I would much rather have a shorter earthly life because mm-hmm. I know what I, what's coming next. And, like, that was where I found My piece, it's like, if I never get to go for a run again here, never get to get married or have kids or whatever, like, I'm going to heaven. Mm -hmm. Like, I know Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay. That's why I'm doing this. But I didn't, like, none of that clicked for me. And people sometimes say, like, when you're suffering, like, how can you believe in God or whatever? And Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like...
3: It's the opposite, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and it's like... For me, my circumstances were what they were, regardless if I believed in God or not. But you take away God, and it's like now I just have no hope. There's no hope. no right. hope.
3: How do you how do you get through?
2: Exactly, and
3: right. That's the whole point in suffering. Mm-hmm. It's it's learning and growing closer to God and
2: and being dependent on Him. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, my prayer has been. That I would never forget that I need Jesus just as much today mm-hmm. as I do when I was on the bathroom floor because I know that God isn't gonna like send me back to bathroom jail <laughs> if I try to like go my right. own way. Right. But I don't ever want that to be an option for me mm-hmm. because that's been like the greatest joy and get and like the only way I was able to find joy in the suffering was because of Him and so to just be like hey peace out god like yeah thanks for healing me i don't need you anymore like what are you doing yeah (laughs) i feel
3: like we've i mean everybody that's told their story has been in their lowest time and it's so easy to get comfortable again and to forget how
0: to lose that gratitude aspect yeah and how how powerful
3: of a time that was And, yeah, if you can hold on to that, that's...
2: And he hasn't let me go. Yeah. And that has been, like, there have been different parts that, you know, there were times where I was like, could you just, like, if you're going to do this, could you do it on my (laughs) timeline or whatever? And I wouldn't have been ready for it. I was not ready for it until it happened. And, again, like, I didn't know it was going to happen, but just looking back on everything... That being able to process some of the burdens that come with the blessing. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I just couldn't have anticipated. But knowing where my help comes from Mm
0: -hmm. now
2: has totally reshaped the way that I process every encounter. And therapy. You know, we were talking Mm -hmm. about self-care and Mm -hmm. stuff. I had been doing EMDR. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh-huh. It's eye movement desensitization processing. It works off the principle of neuroplasticity and like clearing. Then it's not like it
3: sounds more like a key sound. Yeah. <laughs> it's way <laughs> over yeah. my head,
2: but it just breaks down your like sticking points in your brain, so that way you the trauma is pro like you move through the trauma. Mm. And identify your triggers and it allows your brain to like heal and clear. How do you do it? So you feel like an idiot, which again, I feel like is the tagline of therapy. If you feel stupid, you're doing it right. (laughs) Because you do like that is how it felt when you're doing it. Because it's tracking eye movements and bilaterally stimulating your brain.
3: So, like, what, I mean, do you have something on your head? So,
2: I had headphones on Mm -hmm. that beep, like, when you're doing a hearing test, Mm -hmm. and then you hold these uh, hand paddles that vibrate, and they sync with the beeps, Mm. and then there's a light bar, Mm -hmm. and it uh, bounces from side to side, also in sync with the beeps mm. and this so it's like a lot going on
3: since it's all sensory different it, senses
2: yeah and while you're doing that you're thinking about the traumatizing event hmm. and it, your brain just like jumps around and like i said you feel kind of crazy when you're doing it just because all you're doing is thinking about it you're not talking about it necessarily and you will sometimes get this like really strong emotional reaction the things that come up memories that get unlocked really from doing it it is wild <laughs> um, That's nuts. but it is so helpful because some of the, it the point isn't that you forget what you went through it's just that you're able to access it In a way that doesn't put you back in that place. Mm. And so it's helpful to be able to talk about it. Uh, Christine Kane um, is where I heard this quote. She's a Christian speaker. But she has said that you have to make what God wants to do through you bigger than what happened to you. Mm -hmm. And I just like really held on to that. That it's the whole point, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it's like at some point the number of days that I have not been sick are going to exceed the number of days that I was. And if I'm going to live every day as a former sick person, what a waste of a life when I've oh like gosh. I've already survived it.
1: You like, you, you should yeah. this is a message that needs to go to Christians. There are so many Christians who walk around proclaiming themselves to still be sinners. Mm -hmm. I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. No, you're not. You're in Jesus Christ, and you happen to have a propensity to go back and do stupid stuff. Right. Good point. But, But like, you don't have
2: to stay stuck. You don't.
1: You don't have to stay in that old flesh. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: like, moving.
1: Move forward. Move Mm -hmm.
2: forward. And it's like, I realize that the only person that's going to put me back in the bathroom prison is me. Mm-hmm. Like God doesn't want that for me. And when I say yeah. bathroom prison, I meant more like the mental side of it because yes. like the the physical side of it has Done. been all one direction, but operating in fear mm-hmm. of whatever, like even if it's not related to any of the trauma from being sick. Mm-hmm. And back in twenty sixteen, when I pulled the feeding tube, I got the word fearless tattooed on my arm. Mm-hmm. Um, I and did. And what
3: else? Do you and, know there?
2: and the mermaid. <laughs> so the mermaid became like an alter ego because somebody had commented on a photo and was like, "Oh, you have mermaid hair." And then this like just took on a life of its own. <laughs> and,
3: and by the way, I'm sorry I keep interrupting, but I have to. She has glitter in her hair. Yeah, true story. So she's very mermaid. Unless it's natural, yes. then you are a mermaid.
2: Yeah, mer- I leave a trail <laughs> of glitter wherever I go. Gl- <laughs> glitter and grace is my tagline oh i love it so i feel like glitter is the perfect representation of relationship with jesus Mm -hmm. and i'll explain that real quick for you i'll stop interrupting no but i feel like this is important Mm -hmm. that when you are covered in glitter you don't have to announce it i did not tell you Mm -hmm. that i put glitter in my hair you (laughs) noticed it right on your own and that's how it's supposed to be when you're in relationship with jesus like you just Mm. need to be about it and people will notice without you announcing it because right now in our culture it's kind of a stumbling block for a lot of people that are proclaiming jesus not real clear on Mm. what jesus was about or like living that out also when you're covered in glitter everywhere you go and everything you touch also gets covered in glitter so i hugged you when i came and you have some sparkles in your beard <laughs> i just i just want to let you know that it tra- that's so cool it transfers yeah. and that's how it's supposed to be with jesus like we do not have our christmas jesus and our grocery store jesus and our bedroom like it's supposed to be everywhere and mm-hmm. And you have so now, much more now, of a
3: message than just yeah. Your story. I was going to
1: say I mean, now I know cra- now crazy. I know exactly why the Lord wants you in front of a microphone. I
3: know, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I can't take any credit. I just no, really love glitter and I look for <laughs> Jesus in everything now, in any way that I can apply Jesus to something. But the that that
3: intentionality mm. and the the thought mm-hmm. going behind, like no, I, who who thinks about it that way? People might put glitter in their hair, but that's just because they want glitter in their hair. Right.
2: Well, and the thing too with (laughs) glitter is that it gets like embedded in, in stuff. And so like you try to clean it up and like, there'll be little sparkles that stay. She knows. (laughs) And it's (laughs) like, that's how it is with God. That if you're not looking for him, you'll miss him sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's how it is with the glitter. If you're not aware that sparkles, could be in the carpet you're not looking for them Mm. i've also realized that the way that people sometimes respond to glitter is how they respond to jesus like some if i bring up glitter they'll be like oh yeah i hate glitter (laughs) like don't don't bring glitter around me or i'm okay with glitter at like christmas but on like a random tuesday <laughs> in july i got there
0: all the time
2: that doesn't work for me it's so happy right? yeah it is so happy it brings joy Yes.
0: yes.
2: and that's how jesus <laughs> that's what i feel like i do is i show up with the glitter and just throw it on everything like i'm reminding people of the joy that we're supposed to be feeling yes. if we're followers of jesus like, tr- yeah. like, if you really know Jesus, you have something to be excited about every day of your life, regardless of your circumstances. Like, throw some glitter on it. <laughs> so,
3: are you, like what Keith just said, are you ready to for this to be a part of your life, to be speaking a lot? Because um, you have a lot of, I mean, it's not just to speak. It's to bring, like it's awesome like talking to you oh. is awesome yeah you have a
0: lot to illuminate if yeah you will. and you
3: and you do you are joyous and yes, you have a way so. about you that is brings hope and, and that's that what the totally world see, needs I could totally see this happening quite a bit to you yeah, yeah. me too uh,
2: so I've prayed about it a lot and like I write all my things down like I have a lot of word documents and like my journals because I feel like God has given me a lot of it and I just didn't don't know when he is going to use them i have written on my bathroom mirror obedience is my job outcome is god's job and so i'm just trying to show up and share in the places that he like i have stumbled into every speaking opportunity or it feels like stumbling to me. Yeah. Right, right. But right. as somebody else has told me this morning, like God is opening the doors. Yeah,
1: it's not mm-hmm. stumbling. Yeah. But
2: to me it feels For that you, way. For you it does, but he's orchestrating in strength,
0: it. Yeah. it. It is,
2: yeah. Right, and I just want to share whenever and however he wants me mm-hmm. to do it. And so I feel like he's kept me up until this point, I guess, off of social media. Like I don't post things on my instagram related Mm -hmm. to this because for a a while he did use that at one time a little bit and then after 2017 it uh like he shut it down Mm -hmm. and i just feel like that's been helpful because sometimes when i go to post like a photo of something and like try to write some like deep caption because i do like write things but i try to like write it for an instagram Mm -hmm. caption and god's just kind of like yeah you don't need to put a bible verse with every photo like if you're sharing yeah. something that brings me joy like i shine through that
0: mm-hmm.
2: without without the the preachy caption like yeah. you don't need to preach at people on instagram just right. just live your life right i uh, totally see that and agree yeah.
3: with
0: that.
2: And, yeah and like that's enough for right now but the the glitter thing is important to me I mean, I, and I right. feel and I feel like God has co-signed it because when I <laughs> explain it to people even the people that don't love glitter mm-hmm. cuz now I unapologetically when I send like thank you cards or whatever to people I put glitter in the cards. I love and it. I it. And I just don't They're like, <laughs> But here's the thing. People respond to it differently because they know the person that's get, like they associate yes. it with me Yes. and that tempers their reaction to the yes. glitter and that's how you want people to respond to jesus where it's like when he shows up in a place mm-hmm. that you don't expect or maybe you didn't want mm-hmm. you know when you love him so it's just kind of like bring on the glitter yes. like i i didn't didn't expect you to be here yes. or whatever but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. it, life with Jesus is messy. Glitter is messy, yes. but it's also beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, it, <laughs> and it's fun. And it, like, goes everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. So, have I sold you? <laughs> I you,
3: you already did You not um, have to sell Not it.
2: on Jesus On the <laughs> glitter, on, glitter. <laughs> on the glitter I. Are you she,
3: selling she's glitter? She's like by the way I have a brand of glitter I right? was no, say I, I
2: carry glitter around In my backpack I love I have it. tubes of glitter In my backpack <laughs> My biggest
3: question is How do you spread it Without dumping a pile? Like how do you Put like just a little bit and even. Yeah, do you, you like it?
0: throw it and walk under it? Like how do you put put it on yourself?
2: Okay, so I have the <laughs> tubes of glitter in my backpack uh-huh. and I have this like hair serum. Mm-hmm. So I uh-huh. just put some hair serum on my mm-hmm. hand and then open the tube to like sprinkle it on my hand. But it just kind of like went everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and so the back of my car like does it. But the, like that's fine. <laughs> right. And then the way that this happened at work is – since I keep my work laptop and all that stuff in my book bag, one of the tubes that glittered the lid came off oh. um, unintentionally. And so it just, like, dumped all over my backpack. And so it, like, got on my laptop case. And, like, on all- so just when I pull the laptop out, it just... Like, go.
3: like but hey that's the way it goes.
2: <laughs> and I have a mobile
3: Sometimes op- you just get a lot of Jesus. <laughs> yeah
1: exactly. You, and that's the
2: thing is at work um <laughs> my boss graciously like doesn't care where I work as long as I get my like I'm in the building mm-hmm. but it's become like a joke that I don't have I do have a desk I just don't work there yeah and so that's the last place you're ever gonna find me so i move around Mm -hmm. but it's kind of become like follow the trail of glitter like if i've worked there (laughs) there's gonna be sparkles somewhere (laughs) so if you're wondering
1: just look for the glitter
2: just look for the glitter so what do you do i am the executive assistant to the pastor of vision and strategy but I just. At what church? Christ Community Chapel in Hudson. Oh, okay, cool. But I, like I said, I consider myself the glitter ambassador for <laughs> Jesus. The glitter ambassador. A, the glitter ambassadors. <laughs> Throwing throw the glitter it. on the stuff. I like manage his calendar and do all that stuff. He's given me um, some leadership responsibilities and has, like, I love working. For him just because he give like uses me in ways beyond just managing mm-hmm. his calendar,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which is just really fun. Like I do that, but there's so much growth opportunity and I just really appreciate that he's invested yeah. that in me because I had requested to attend the Global Leadership Summit. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah, like that would be great. And awesome. so I'm reading three books from speakers that spoke at at the event and then writing him a paper on how I can apply some of what I learned to my job. And like that was my suggestion to do that. And it was really hard to narrow down the books because there were so many great speakers. And my mom and I just actually got to attend it together at East Canton Church of God. Mm. And it was a very like small church, but it was fun because we like got to meet the other people there. But we would love to be able to, attend it in person next year Mm. uh craig groeschel is another one who has some really great one-liners that i've used but his new one he made up a word called puck and (laughs) encourages leaders not to get stuck in the puck the pain uncertainty and chaos Mm. and your success as a leader is being able to move through that and i feel like the situation that god has brought me through mm-hmm. um, included a lot of puck. Mm. A lot of yeah, it just
3: sounds to me like a, a swear word replacement. Uh, right. And <laughs> when
2: he gave his talk, it, it was funny, but it's a fun word yeah. to yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you just have to be a little careful. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. So you went to school for nursing, though,
2: right? <laughs> yeah, God did not want me to be a nurse. <laughs> did you finish school? Um, actually, no. Hmm. And so I ended up in my dream job. I was mm-hmm. going back through my old tweets. I was just—I don't know why I was doing this—but <laughs> my dream job was to have something that I tweeted like back in 2014 or t- whatever. I had wanted to be able to like wear a particular set of clothes and I didn't because I love like online boutiques mm-hmm. and just the more unique pieces and it's like oh th- my mom would always say there's n- nowhere that you're gonna be able to wear this like this is so impractical um, actually I'd, I have a job where all of this is incredibly <laughs> practical <laughs> and I have had these clothes in a in a bin mm. in my because like once i got sick i lived in pajamas yeah. mm-hmm. so i wasn't wearing any of this i have things with tags on it down mm. downstairs and now i have the job where i can wear good for you the these clothes so it's not about the clothes but right. it's just kind of cool it's, though, right? it's yeah. cool how it's. god works because i was trying to beat down the nursing door my brother matt is a nurse mm. So yeah. there was supposed to be a nurse in the family. Yeah. It just was not me. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that is fine. But I definitely tried knocking on that door uh, three times. Mm.
3: Hmm. So how are you health-wise now? You feel I,
2: good? Oh Yeah, I feel incredible. Mm. Um, on the one-year anniversary, which was July 20th, uh, my brother and I were taking a bike ride. Hmm. Mm. And so
3: I uh, want oh, one, the one year anniversary of it stopping. It's been a it's been a year since July. Wow. wow. That's so fresh.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Are you working on your back squat again?
2: I am working. <laughs> a, not. I have not gone back. I actually did go to the trainer at the PT center in Akron. Jeff rostein. he's a strength and conditioning mm-hmm. coach and uh, he's like an older brother. To me, And so just really thankful because he's one of the people that had I not gotten accused of an eating disorder, mm-hmm. I never would have ended up working out there. Mm-hmm. And that's like a whole long rabbit trail story. But if anything would have been different, I would have missed people. Mm-hmm. And so wow. that was just one of the things that God showed me that, yeah, being mislabeled and all that stuff, like it sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not a good feeling very painful uh but what matters is what god said like i know what's true god knows what's true and i try to look for how jesus like jesus was accused of things that weren't true too yeah. and yeah. how did he move through that how did he respond mm. like he knew that god knew and so really like if you don't believe me who cares uh, yeah right. like i just can't worry about that yeah right. right like you
3: said this is all temporary anyways right it is yeah. and
2: like my purpose here is to help other people know Jesus Mm -hmm. and so I do try to be careful with like what and when and how I share just because I don't want to be a stumbling block in anybody else's faith Mm -hmm. but as far as like those other things like I cannot let that trip me Mm -hmm. up and so when we were talking about like timing and hiatus and all that stuff I do feel like I had to move to that place where as this story like unfolds um it you know people have different reactions that i can't control Mm right and just being able to be like if you don't believe that this happened or you try to like make it fit into a box that Mm -hmm. you can understand Mm -hmm. like that's a you thing and not a me thing Mm right and uh, i think it was bob goff that maybe had said that if you're not on a first name basis with somebody don't criticize them like if you don't know their name mm-hmm. and their story like mm-hmm. don't give yeah, an opinion yeah. before you've shared an experience mm-hmm. right. so i do you know just when you hear st- stuff on social media or whatever like you only have a very small snippet yeah. of somebody's life right. and to just be really careful with like what what you say and mm. what you assume about people the yeah. power of asking what you
0: assumed so mm.
1: true like
2: just ask questions because yeah. like i am pretty uh, the one question that i hate though is ha- how much weight have you gained like i just and i people think people ask that oh yeah yeah and wow. i just think that it's because a lot of people especially in our culture have been made to feel a particular way about themselves based on their weight and my symptoms had nothing to do with my weight. Like, mm-hmm. I was perfectly fine when all of this started. Mm-hmm. And, that it, like, it was just so irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And I'm just confused on, like, what anybody thinks they're going to be able to do with that information. Like, how is knowing <laughs> how much weight I have or have not gained? Because I don't know. Like, right. I'm not tracking it. It's irrelevant to me. So, if it's irrelevant to me, the person in the body. Right. What are you going to do with that? Right. I,
1: I think I think we do it, most people do it because they're trying to figure out how to fit you into their classification system. Yeah, and like, it's like, why do we do that? I need you to fit into this slot, and yeah. you don't. So let me ask the questions to figure out how you're going to get to fit in yeah, the slot yeah. that I need you to be in. Right. Instead and, of knowing, like you said earlier, instead of learning how to listen.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And really let a person be who they are, we're listening to somebody to make them be what we need them to be.
2: Yeah, and it mm-hmm. just.
3: And by the way, you said you're so like crazy. one in a billion.
1: Yeah. So we probably won't ever.
2: <laughs> exactly, and I, yeah. uh, the story of Noah, has come up like a lot in my quiet time, and especially at the beginning of the year, and it was like God never did that whole situation again like flooding the whole earth Mm -hmm. yet he still included Noah's story in the bible Mm -hmm. so obviously the most important part of Noah was not the flood because like we can't learn anything from being trapped like none of us are gonna actually be in a boat Mm -hmm. when the earth floods Right, right so if it was just to be able to relate to that part of Noah's life like, why include right. the story?
3: Right, we'll never get it.
2: But Noah was obedient to God.
1: Mm-hmm. That's why he's in the Bible. That's why he's in the Bible.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And, like, that is what we're looking to. That's, that
1: w- and Hebrews says so. Hebrews 12 says so. It includes him. It includes Noah in the hall of, the,
0: the of faith. Is that what they call some people? Call yeah, it he, that. he got in the yeah. boat
1: because God told him to. Yeah. yeah. That's the story. Yeah.
0: And,
2: and, like, yeah. that I feel like has been... My journey is that I'm just trying to be obedient to God. So you're
1: just trying to constantly spread glitter
3: throughout the world. Well, throughout throughout
1: <laughs> That's the world. your obe- uh, role uh, road of obedience.
2: And the thing too is that I like with it. I think of like Noah when I one of the things that I had struggled with because like food isn't going anywhere. Like you need food to live, and now like in this other side i'm so thankful that god through like therapy and healing has allowed me to like not be um i don't know what the best word for it would be but anxious around food Mm. because like imagine if after what noah survived he was upset every time he saw water right like water isn't going anywhere like you're gonna have to learn how to be in the presence (laughs) of water and not get upset and like be like i'm back in the boat again every day and not be able to move forward and that's Mm -hmm. like how it's been for me and it was like gradual it's not like i just woke up one day and like didn't have any concerns like
3: that it might happen again again. Right. right yeah
2: but when people would ask, like, "Oh, are you afraid of a relapse?" and it's like a relapse of what, like it was spontaneous. We don't know what it is. Like if it happened again, then I guess it yeah, happens that's, again.
3: That's more of an addiction word, anyways. <laughs> right. Yeah, that comes down to like willpower and yeah, and it's like, like, like a, have no control. Over yeah, that. I had no
2: yeah. control over it, so I can't spend my time worrying about. Like I didn't even know this was a thing until it started yeah, happening to yeah, me. Yeah. Well, how special is that, though? <laughs> yeah. You're
3: one in, like, um, however many many billion. I mean, but, that's amazing.
2: But we all have things about our thing, like, stories that are unique. Mm-hmm. And I am very, one thing that's really important to me whenever I have an opportunity to share is to never stand on a stage. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like when God has worked, like, when you have a more of a Saul to Paul type mm-hmm. story. hmm That it can be really inspiring to people, Mm -hmm. but also really intimidating. Mm -hmm. And I just don't even like the visual of standing above people.
3: That's funny. Mm. I've had that conversation. I I play drums at our church, and I've had that conversation with our worship pastor. Like, why are we on a stage? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I was like, people He had a great reason, and I think it's legit. But I would love to all be on an equal playing field and Mm. worship together on the same level and there's something about that that i would really appreciate
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah i just was thinking like people don't need to see me they need to see jesus yeah. and if you can hear what i'm well, that's saying even
1: better, that's even a better, a better point
2: well and it's like if well, you can i
1: would i would disagree with you i think there are people that do need to see you hmm. because how who you are visually is part of your story right. And I think there's people that are. It's gonna to speak to them. We we are not just a voice. Rice. We're a body too.
2: Well, as long as I can stand on like a riser, because the way this worked <laughs> out when I spoke in June is I had been That's praying awesome. about this because I, the woman whose event it was, I was like, my only request is that I don't have to stand on the stage, and she's like, eh. Like, I don't know that that's possible because I wouldn't want it to be a distraction if, like, people can't see you. Mm-hmm. And I was.
3: And that's the answer I got. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I started praying about it and I was like, God, I know that you know my heart and, like, the reason why I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Because having, like, a humble posture and, like.
1: So why don't you sit in a chair?
2: Oh, I don't. Because it's still on a stage. <laughs> or and,
0: yeah,
3: say this. During it, yeah. I don't really want to be up higher than you, but for
1: practical reasons, yeah. I've like uh, Francis Chan. I've seen him go in and speak to to people, and he'll get down on his knees and teach from his knees.
0: Yeah, it's the posture of your heart. It's really, it's really really yeah. That's yeah.
2: And that's what it's been for me. So when I showed up to the event in June, we didn't even have to talk about it. There was a little riser right in front of the stage, and I was like, "God, you got me."
3: She's gonna carry your little box.
0: At the same time, God's in the details, and He does things like I don't at least my experience with the Lord is I don't ever truly feel slingshot. I can usually look back and see. Okay, he did that. That pre- prepared me for that. That prepared. Like he's still very gentle. He's still a gentleman. And and maybe and maybe one day you will be on a stage, but it's because of the posture of your heart now and the yeah. way he prepared, he prepared you. you. So I I get yeah. that. Like he he honors who we are and he works with he works with That's the clay. clay. Hmm. Yeah, good. he's good, good at that.
2: Yeah. So
1: especially man, especially in this day and age where you. Visually, we have no really great examples. I mean, able, the world, especially this country, could use a few better visual examples of Jesus lovers. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> well, to borrow, I mean, you, you, listen, let's let's use your glitter. No? I mean, yeah, glitter is visible. Right. Yeah. It's not.
3: And, and, at, mm-hmm. the end,
1: and at the end and of you don't message, hide a light under a like bushel.
2: LeBron it up yeah LeBron it up with glitter (laughs) and be
3: like yeah glitter bomb
2: yeah she's like peace them out we're throwing glitter not grenades around here yes I borrowed that um, from my friend Ken when I had shown up to a meeting I showed up to it like late and then offered it was an informal like community group meeting but I showed up late and then just like through an idea and that kinda like blew everything up that they had previously been talking about. <laughs> and he's like, Well, before Caitlin came in with the grenade. So then I left him a note with a tube of glitter that said, throwing glitter, not grenades
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs>
2: <awesome>. <laughs> And he has the sign and the glitter on his desk. Aww. But have,
1: va- you, have you ever read Isaiah?
2: Some of it, yeah.
1: There's this place where he talks about Israel, his bride, and he took him took her out of the the field and dressed her up and made her into this amazing thing the only thing that changed israel's pot was was her posture sure she she stopped loving jesus and that so being on display is god's pleasure mm-hmm. and i so don't rob him <laughs> of the joy oh. of putting you on display just make sure like what she said your your posture is what people need to see and maintain that with jesus i don't well yeah.
2: as Christine Kane said if the spotlight on you is brighter than God's light within you you will fail. Yes. Yeah. And Maybe. so for me like what just what I've been praying through like I want to be used however God yeah. wants to use me. But just that he the four AM thing that we were talking I was, about. I have been
0: sitting here when's my chance to ask why she gets up at four AM? Okay. So, go. um I
3: was like, Yeah, you work at a church. Yeah. They are not getting you up at four AM.
2: No, but I do because nobody so I've always been a morning person. My mom is a morning person, whatever. Um I don't like to be rushed in the morning and I need my quiet time with God. And nobody needs me at 4am and so i like there is a zero percent chance in this season (laughs) of my life that anybody needs anything from me at 4am and some mornings like you know those conversations with friends where like you say goodbye like 14 times as you're leaving the driveway and it's like such a special thing in a Mm -hmm. friendship like the time that lingers Mm -hmm. That's how my quiet time is with God. Like some mornings, even on work mornings, Mm -hmm. um, the first hour, hour and 20 minutes of my day is just me and God. Like I'm reading a book, reading my Bible. I'm journaling Mm -hmm. like that's awesome. It is so, so special to me. And like I need that. And especially after being sick. When, like, I'm so thankful that God uses people, on, like, Christian speakers or and sermons and mm-hmm. Twitter and people posting quotes because in that season of my life, mm-hmm. that was how he, like, poured into me. Like, mm-hmm. I have screenshots from Christine Kane, Craig Groeschel, Tim Keller, um... That's cool because
3: a lot of the time we gloss over them. Yeah. But somebody is, it's helping somebody. Yeah,
2: I mm-hmm. I save them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I was going back through different ones that I had screenshot mm-hmm. and, and saved. And I have a list of people that poured into me that didn't even know it at mm-hmm. the time. And so that was just really cool. And so not to gloss over social media because it is important. Mm-hmm. And they helped get me to the point that I, like, love doing this on my own and that the Holy Spirit is within me that I can do it on my own and that God's, like, working in me and opening my eyes. But just one last analogy, Um, hair braiding. When I was sick, one of the things that my friends did and, like, even my mom did when I was in high school, um, they would do my hair for me and braid it. And it was such, like, a comfort thing, and I couldn't do it myself, like, French braid my own hair. And then um, my best friend moved to North Carolina. One of them moved away. She's the one that mailed me glitter bombs. So she, like, really, my best friend Sam, she uh, was a big part of that. And she would braid my hair for me, and then she moved away. And my neighbor Holly, uh, she would also braid my hair, and then she moved away. And it was like I reached the point where if I wanted to have my hair braided, I needed to learn to do it myself. But for a long time when I was sick, God let other people do it for me Mm -hmm. until I was capable of learning to do it on my own and like wanting to do it on my own. And braiding is a pattern. And it's like once you know the pattern, you can figure it out. And that's how I feel like God is showing up in my life is I've been praying for him to show me more of his patterns. Mm. And I'm recognizing it and seeing them. But like so many people right now don't know God. They don't know his patterns. They Mm. need people to just come alongside them and braid their hair. And for different people, like it's going to take longer. Mm-hmm. And like it's okay, but you like keep showing up and doing it and loving them because that's what Jesus did.
0: Yes, that's so beautiful. All right, well,
2: so glitter. We didn't even get to the pinwheels. So I guess or the wind spinner. So you're gonna just have to have me back. Okay.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> we will. We will. We'll have you back. That's awesome. <laughs>
0: thank you so so thank you. so. Yeah, what an you incredible. Were, thank first. you for waiting for I, us, and you yes. were worth the wait. Yeah, oh, amen. thank
2: you so yes. much yes. for amen. having me.
1: This has been Recreated Podcast, and we really appreciate you being on uh, on the show with us and paying attention and listening. If you want more information, we have a website, www.recreated.life, L-I-F-E at the end. And you can go there, and we have other podcasts available. We would certainly love to hear from you. There's an email contact form thing. <laughs> you can fill out of your or
3: email us at friends at
1: recreated.life or that right there yeah so uh, recreated is all about uh, your story our story everybody's story that uh, meets jesus and walks and suffers and learns what it's like to uh, receive his mercy for their life so if you have a story we'd love to hear it please contact us And until next time, next week, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, have a good week. Yep. And don't forget Jesus. Yep.